Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. I need your help. Let's take this community to the next level. Here's what you can do. Number one, if you like this podcast, please hit pause and take a few seconds to rate it on iTunes. Number two, donate through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Number three, share your story. Go to calendly.com slash Melissa Whitman to schedule a time to chat with me. Or number four, join our Patreon page for over 30 more episodes you can't find anywhere else as well as exclusive content. Patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash miscarriage. All the details are linked in the show notes. Enjoy the episode and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, welcome to this joint venture between the Managing Miscarriage podcast and my very own Love and Loss podcast, helping you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from pregnancy loss. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and today I'm going to give you my best five tips for creating a happy holiday, even if you don't have kids. So I used to dread Christmas about six years ago when, after I had my own loss and then suffered two more years, well, six years altogether of infertility, it seemed that at such a a kid-centric holiday, there were reminders of my own childlessness around every corner. There were pictures of concerts, visits with Santa, Christmas morning gift opening all over social media. Every 10 minutes, a commercial appeared on TV marketing the hottest toys for the new year. Every event in my little town seemed to focus on activities for kids for Christmas. And don't even talk to me about going home where my sister had two little kids running around. And as much as I love my niece and nephew, it was really hard to be there on my own. It left me feeling really depressed and angry at life hard done by, life just seemed so unfair. But since my early days of grief, I've learned how to love the holiday season again, and I've developed some really solid tools for healing. And I'm hoping that they're going to allow you too to get into the spirit at least a little bit. So starting with my first and best tip, um, find gratitude. So when you're in the midst of loss, it might be really hard to find gratitude. I'm almost afraid to suggest it. But when you are in the mindset of gratitude, it's impossible to feel anything else. Gratitude really shuts down anger. It shuts down irritation, shuts down sadness, pretty much all of those negative emotions. So it's really important to have a gratitude practice when you're grieving. Otherwise, it's pretty easy to just kind of sink down into depression. And I promise you that you actually have more control over your emotions than you realize, and they will become more positive when you start a gratitude practice. So what I mean by that is to just open up a journal You don't even have to do that. You could just sit quietly for a few minutes at the end of your day and just think about what you're grateful for. 
I sometimes find it hard to come up with things just when I ask myself, what am I grateful for today? So a couple of other questions that might help you. Um, I appreciated this particular moment today. I really love that one. So for example, I appreciated the moment when I had five minutes just to enjoy a really good cup of coffee. Another question you could ask yourself is, or a statement that you could complete, I love X about this particular person. So someone who came into your life today, whatever day you're doing this exercise, put in their name and write down what you love about that person. So those are a couple of things to help you get into a practice of gratitude. You can, as I said before, you can get out a journal and write about it at the end of your day or at the beginning of your day. You can just take a few moments whenever something happens that you appreciate during the course of your day. Um, You could even put an alarm in your phone to remind you to be grateful at various points during the day. And kind of gets you to just sort of stop and think about what you can appreciate. And that will change your mindset. I promise you just that alone. So I've got four more tips for you. The second one, how could you be the giver? So what if just for an hour or a day or whatever length of time you can manage, you changed your story? So instead of being a woman grieving your loss, you become the giver to your friends and family. How could you serve them? Is there a way that you could be the listener to whatever is the problem in their lives right now? Could you reach out to someone else you know could use a friend right now? Could you write a holiday card or a note to someone you haven't seen in a while? They're all just kind of little things, but when you shift your mindset from your own story to theirs, it can actually be very healing for both of you. So think about how you could potentially serve someone else today, even in a tiny way. So that's number two, be the giver. Number three, look for good intentions. So the holidays tend to be a more social time than usual. And when you do go to parties or family gatherings, it's almost inevitable that you're going to be asked about children. Someone new that you're just meeting will ask if you have children or an aunt that you hardly ever see and doesn't know your story will ask you when you're having children. A friend will give you some advice. Something will trigger you. And instead of being hurt or angry by these questions and comments, which is kind of our first reaction, at least it was mine when I was just in the throes of infertility and grief, can you instead look for the intention behind what they're saying? So the person who gives advice is someone who genuinely wants to help you. No one wants to see you struggling, so they will do anything or say anything that they believe might ease that pain for you. So it comes from the heart. Their intention is pure. And that can sometimes help you to let go of 
the hurt or the irritation that comes with those questions and advice and comments. So that's number three, look for good intentions. Number four, be kind to yourself. For many years, I'll tell you a little story. For many years, I sort of beat up on myself without really being aware of it. So my mom, she she's a grandma. She dotes on my sister's children. She makes them a priority. She goes overboard on gifts. And it started to make me feel like I had disappointed them, my parents, for not giving them grandchildren. And next to my sister, I felt like I had less worth. I brought this into my story. I started telling myself that I was worth less unless I had children. So what I want you to do instead, in case that's something that resonates with you, or maybe you're, you're beating up on yourself in some other way, listen to what your, what your self-talk is. What are you telling yourself about not having children? And how can you turn that around? How can you be more kind to yourself? How can you show yourself the compassion that you deserve? So that's number four, being kind to yourself. So number five, the last one, change your expectations. So how you feel about the holidays is related to what you expect about the holidays. So if you're anything like me, when we were kids, we expected Christmas to be all about us. And it kind of was. It was fun. We'd get gifts. We got to eat more candy than usual. We created all kinds of memories about the traditions that our parents made for us. And then once I got married, once we get married in general, society has created this expectation that Christmas becomes about your children. So if you don't have kids and you keep buying into what society has decided that Christmas is all about, then you're bound to spend your childless holiday feeling really hard done by. That's certainly how I felt. And then I changed my expectations. I decided what kind of Christmas I wanted. I created the kind of Christmas that I wanted and I decided the way I wanted to feel about Christmas. And my emotions changed. So now my husband and I actually really love to spend Christmas Eve at home. We plan a special dinner with champagne and candlelight. We listen to music. We talk in front of the fire. We sometimes turn on a movie, a Christmas movie. I love, love actually. It's all about love. Um, The holiday. Those are my two favorites. And we sleep in on Christmas morning. We don't have to get up for kids at six in the morning and we don't have to be up till one o'clock in the morning wrapping their gifts. Um, This is what I hear that all my friends do on Christmas Eve is wrap gifts till one in the morning and wake up at six when their kids wake up. So we tend to look for the great things about Christmas for us. And as much as I would love to have kids running around and and have gifts for them to open. We just really lean into the peaceful Christmas that we get to enjoy with the two of us. So just to recap, I'm going to just recap those five once again. So number one was practice gratitude. Number two was how can you be the giver? How can you be the server? 
Number three, look for good intentions behind what people say. Number four, be kind to yourself. And number five, change your expectations about Christmas and the holidays. So I'm going to leave you with a challenge. Which of these five tips are you willing to try? I promise you, if you pick one or two of these and work on them as we head into the holiday season, they will feel so much better for you. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you do have a wonderful holiday and can find a way to truly enjoy it for yourself. Take care. Bye for now. Hey you, stay connected. Find us on Instagram at Managing Miscarriage, on Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit, and don't forget to download the free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Please rate and review this podcast to help other women find us and consider sharing your story. Hang in there, mama.